I can't stop thinking about her. I love her. I knew it the moment I saw you. My everything. Plus, she's she's hot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Bachelorette in Camps. That was so beautiful for me. Now, you might notice that the quality of this recording isn't as high as usual. That's because I'm at home, literally naked, sitting on my living room table, eating an acai bowl. Again, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Honestly, everything she's been doing, she's just got to fit this in because you're important to me and Brooke Blurton is important to me. But... We're on episode five and things are starting to happen. Lem will be hearing this recording and be excited to know things are happening in the Bachelorette world. All right, so episode five, we start off with a single date with Luca. So Luca is the one that went really hard, was really, I wouldn't say aggressive. He was very forward with Brooke. He interrupted Kurt, you know, so he's on a single date. Now, Brooke says he was very persistent, which she really liked. And it's, like, fair. The whole point of the show was for you all to be obsessed with Brooke. And, like, she deserves it. So the the date is Top Gun themed. And it's like, is Jimmy Nicholson going to come out on a quad bike via jet ski, via mobile, airmobile, grandmobile, quad bike mobile is he gonna come out of nowhere and fly them somewhere but he doesn't which would have been really smart of them but moving on swiftly a top gun theme date i've never seen top gun i don't really understand what it's about people like it it's always like someone's like halloween costume i think it looks a bit ridiculous i've never seen it and i will never see it so i will never understand this date if i was a bachelor and they're like what themed date do you want i would say i want a rocky horror picture show date not Top Gun, but I guess that's why Brooks and Bachelorette are not me. Um, all right, so it's also this made me realize I have no idea what a Top Gun is because Brooks says she, <laughs> Brooks says she's looking for her quote unquote Top Gun. I thought Top Gun was like the best gun in like your range. Like I thought it was like oh like I have like this like pistol and I have this like shotgun like, and like my Top Gun. But it seems to be that it's like your best friend. I know it could have been both. And again, no one DM me, tell me what it is. I don't care. I'm never going to watch the movie. I don't give a shit. But anyway, so Brooke's driving like an iconic car again. We love her. And she's driving manual. Icon status from Brooke Burton. They're going on fighter jets. And I am just like, I hate the fighter jet day. I mean, it looks like really fun. But like, like a second or third date, not for the first time you hang out with someone, like you're in separate planes and you can only talk via this really annoying radio. I mean, it's a great date, but not for a first time. I'd be pissed off. You can't like touch and caress and hump. You know what I mean? So before they get in the planes, they think of nicknames. So she, because her initials are Brooke Blurton, BB, she's like, I can be BB Gun. And then he says, and this is a direct quote. He says, I would like you to refer to me as gladiator. Now, if I was on a date and a man said to me, in any context, I would like for you to refer to me as gladiator, my meaty character pussy would suck into itself and dry up like that weird little fish on SpongeBob that loves chocolate in the wheelchair. You all know what I'm talking about. Chocolate, that thing. That's what my pussy would be if someone said to me, I would like for you to refer to me as Gladiator. But she seems to like it, question mark, Brooke. Anyway, 
So they're in the planes, and as per, they're not like they're not talking. They can't talk. He's he's being really sweet and cute, and he's like, "I'll be, you know, if you're scared, I'll be there for you." It's really sweet, but it's like also you want to be at least in like the same plane, but you obviously can't because neither of them are trained in like fighter jets, which is like random. Like I feel there should be some prerequisite before you're on the show, but whatever. So back in the mansion, Conrad uh, is saying to David, "I don't see you as a threat because we're so different," and like that doesn't. It's not even significant. I have no comment on that, but I just I'm in love with Conrad. So, Conrad, if you are single, like, if Brooke dumps you, I'll be your shoulder for you to cry on. I love you. So, it's a it's group date time, and Carissa reads out the group date. Now, Carissa, later in the episode, decides to go home. So, I'm lucky enough to talk to Carissa. So, I'm asking her, what was the breaking point? Was it not being on the group date or what? Honestly, I think what kind of happened, and it's something I didn't really anticipate, was that I started creating really strong friendships within the house and then when, you know how after someone's date they come down and they kind of tell you how to went and everything like that, I found myself being um, like happy for them. Like I was like, oh, like that's nice that they went to a brook and then by the time I finally got my chance to actually get to know Brooke one-on-one, all of a sudden I felt like I was betraying the others and it just, yeah, it was almost like that loyalty You've probably seen them. Like some of the people in the house are just the most lovely, genuine, beautiful people. And it just felt like by that point they were my friends and I cared about them. And I hadn't really got the opportunity to form my own connection with Brooke. So it just, yeah, I think I wasn't really being competitive enough at the start as well. So there was also all these packs going on of people who didn't get time would get to talk to her at cocktails, parties and things like that. And I was really honouring that. So I was like hanging back. So it was like all these kind of things that, yeah, I think prevented me from really getting to make that connection with Brooke. All right. So the good thread out, Chris is not on it, whatever. Back to intimacy for Luca, like the little wine and cheese moment. So he's talking about like how he just is really passionate about things and how he really loves his family and jujitsu. I thought he was going to say my family and my friends, but he said my family and jujitsu, which is like a random like number two, but I guess at least family's number one. But he says, if I get a silver or a bronze medal in jujitsu, I sulk for like three days. Three days. Are you fuck? If I was with a man and this grown adult human being was in my home sulking for three days after getting a silver, I mean, I'm not sure I could deal with it. And he's acting like it's a really good thing. And Brooke seems to also think it's a good thing. She's like, oh, so you're really competitive. I'm like, ew, like, baby, proud of your achievements, you know? He also says to Brooke that she's ticking all his boxes. And she says, so what are the boxes? And he goes, just you. And it's like, babe, at least make some up. Be like, oh, like, ambitious, beautiful, smart, funny, like, out, like, confident. I don't know. Like, make some things up. But he just goes, you, babe, be more creative. Use your words. Use your words. They kiss, he gets a rose, cute, cute, cute. He's quite cute, just not my type of guy, unfortunately. And again, it, this is why I'm not the bachelorette because I couldn't even pretend to enjoy the gladiator. But moving on, he says as they're finishing the date in a voiceover, it feels like he's known Brooke for quote unquote a lot longer than I actually have. And it's like he arrived last night, like he's known her for 21 hours. So it's like, what, you feel like you've known her for 24? Like, okay, that's pretty random. Group date time, it's an obstacle course and they're 
are two groups, the four newbies and then four OGs. Basically, they're through an obstacle course and they have to answer questions about Brooke, like multiple choice questions like, what does Brooke like to do after a busy week at work? A, sit at home. B, sit at home. C, sit at home. D, sit at home. You know, but anyway, no one really cares about the questions. It's more about who's going to win. So the OGs go first and it's Kurt, Holly, and I wish I could tell you who else. I'm not entirely sure. A man named Steve who has really good abs. And who was the last one? David. Sorry, David. Bless you. So, okay, there's four of them and there's the four newbies. And they get the first answer wrong. And Kurt, bless Kurt, he says, yeah, it's gut-wrenching. In his voice. (laughs) It's gut-wrenching for Kurt. He can't stand it. Poor Kurt. Poor Kurt. And Kurt's telling them, like, what he thinks the answer is. And he is always right. But they keep going with other answers. And he's like, oh, it's just too hard, too much to handle. I'm trying to speak up. But, like, they're not they're not listening to me. My voice isn't being heard. And, like, bless him. We love Kurt. He's such a pet. He's not going to win, I don't think. But we love him, you know. So, anyway, they get some wrong. The newbies get some wrong. Who really gives a shit? The OGs win. And Brooke chooses Kurt for extra time. Thank God. Not as gut-wrenching. So Kurt then, like, the first thing he says when he sits down, he's like, yeah, like, I told him, like, what the answer should be, but we still got them wrong. Like, and Brooke's like, yeah, I know, like, I saw you. That's why I chose you. Cute, 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 cute. I really like them together. They're really sweet. This edit isn't giving me winner edit, but it is really cute, and we love Kurt. And Kurt, if you're out there, I hope you're happy right now, and I hope you aren't in a gut-wrenching state. All right, so he's just ready for a relationship. When he was swimming, he wasn't really ready for it because Brooke asks him, like, what, like, how do you know you're at the right stage? He's like, I just, I knew that I wasn't before, but now that I, I know that I am. And he keeps talking. He's going like monologues about how wonderful Brooke is. And it's really cute. But Brooke's like, I just want to kiss him. Like I find him so attractive. I just want to kiss him. And he just keeps talking and talking and talking. And it's like, Brooke, you have to kiss him. He's not going to go in for a kiss and get rejected. He's Kurt. He can't handle another gut-wrenching moment, you know? So he like burps in between monologues like and she's just like what the fuck there's a point where she's literally like dangling her face in front of his and her mouth is like half open ready for a kiss and he doesn't even like he doesn't even know she's like talking to her and he's just like looking down at her and she's probably like she's as close as this mic is to my fucking face and he's like yeah they kiss it's cute she says it's a really good kiss we like it we love kurt he's so sweet okay now it's a cocktail party time right and carissa's feeling really anxious so so I asked her, you know, did you know before going into this you were going to leave? Um, well, I kind of was already getting to that point where I just like, you know, I really was thinking about it and, you know, I didn't want to take a spot from someone who really wanted to be there and who felt like they could really, you know, step up and really show themselves to Brooke. So I was starting to have my doubts and I was thinking that, you know, if I couldn't really fully step up and, you know, kind of give Brooke what she deserved, then you know, I didn't want to waste her time or take a spot from someone else. So, you know, I did open that conversation and I think part of me was thinking that that would be the outcome. Um, And then when I spoke to her, I was just like, yeah, I think that is the best decision. So Carissa goes and interrupts the chat with David and uh, Brooke is like, what the fuck's going on? Are you good? You seem anxious. And basically she just says, this environment isn't for me. I'm too anxious about your other connections. I don't know what our connection is like. I don't know where I stand. This is really hard for me so I want to leave it isn't that dramatic the ads did jeet up a little bit um but you know Brooke is crying it is upsetting I think shit they had a real connection so I asked Carissa do you regret leaving <laughs> okay yeah I definitely do regret injuring myself and playing tennis in the rain that would be my only thing um I think that 
how everything unfolded. I think that when I did have that conversation with her, I was, you know, making a decision and talking to her based on how I was feeling in that moment and where I was up to. I'm not a type of person that would probably regret. I think that everything teaches us lessons. Cocktail party is cut short and no rose ceremony and that's the end of it. So that's episode five. All right, we're back for episode six of The Bachelorette. Okay, so here we go. Jesus Christ, I just watched it. Things are heating up. It starts out with a single date with Jamie Lee. So going to the Sydney Tower Eye is apparently what it's called, question mark. I thought it was called The Pin. I thought it was called The Sydney Pin. If it's no, you know why I think that? Because of the Stefan Sky Needle. <laughs> I blame Stefan. The Stefan Sky Needle had me tricked. So go up onto the Stefan Sky Needle. <laughs> For those of you who don't live in Brisbane, the Stefan Sky Needle is a Brisbane's attempt at apparently the Sydney Tower Eye. And I would say it's better. It isn't an attempt, it's a conquering. The Stefan Sky Needle is in my veins. Anyway, um, <laughs> Ivy drip the Stefan Sky Needle into me. So on the Stefan Sky Needle of Sydney and they're attempting to set the record for the longest on-screen kiss. Interestingly, though, I have a feeling this is Osha's personal endeavour. He wants to be involved in this every time it's happening because the previous record is held by Sam Woods. Wood. Sam Woods, Sam Wood, unsure, not going to check. And a woman called Nina. Babe, Osha, get a new record to attempt. I love it. I love the energy. But Osh, I feel like there's something going on here. Or some EP at The Bachelor, at Warner Brothers. And just like, I want to be involved in the longest on-screen kiss until the day that I die. Which, admirable, petty, I love it. But I think this should be the last time we do it. Twice is enough. Twice is enough. So... Brooke and Jamie Lee are kissing for, I think it's four minutes, 20 seconds or something random like that. 420, uh, 40, who the fuck knows? But it is like, honestly, so hot. Pussy, wet, nipples hard. Like so fucking hot. Uh, you know, I feel like knowing that you have four minutes to kiss someone, you like, they really just like go from like really intense, passionate, soft, gentle. It's so like, I know it's hot. I'm into them. They have a lot of chemistry. I really like Jamie Lee. I think she's a queen. We love it. Let me go back to the mansion while the kiss is happening. And they're all sitting around the mansion. And Conrad has a leopard scarf on. And then David says, I hope the day isn't anything intimate. Lol, babe. Um, wait till you see this episode. <laughs> Literally the most intimate thing in the world. But obviously the producers were like, do you hope this isn't intimate? And he goes, I hope it isn't too intimate. Funny from the producers, icons, you're good at your jobs. So back to the date. They just, like, keep kissing. I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? But, like, I want to do this on my first dates. But, okay, we're going to try and break the world record. Osha's here. We're going to make out for five minutes and ten seconds. And if I'm wet, you can put one finger inside me under the bar. (laughs) Me post-COVID is, like, not mentally well. But, anyway. Then Osha says something that made me cry. He said... So I'm going to cry again. I'm not trying not to cry because I'm tired. The first Mardi Gras happened below the Stefan Sky Needle 2.0, a.k.a. the Sydney Tower Eye, in 1978. And Osha says, now look at what you're doing. And obviously because it's two women on screen going for the longest on-screen kiss, it just 
I don't know. Like, imagine if the people in 1978 who were at the first Mardi Gras in Sydney, oh, my God, fuck this. But imagine being the people, you know, and all the discrimination that LGBTQIA plus people have endured and still endure today. And But imagine the people back then knowing that there was going to be the longest on-screen kiss with Osher Ginsburg and an Indigenous woman with another woman kissing. Like, it just was really nice. And he, he says they're doing it for all the people who feel out of place, out of place and marginalized. And it just is really fucking cute. So like, yeah, it's a silly date, but it actually is so amazing. The fact that on national television on a prime time slot, we have two women, women kissing on the Stefan Sky. <laughs> Got to bring it back with some humor girls. I can't keep crying. All right. So I'm going to stop crying. They keep kissing. They go for five minutes and there is a man there with a fucking timer and he's American. Like, have they got, is it literally from the Guinness World Records? Like, what's going on? Like, why is he American? Have they flown this man in? Has he quarantined? Like, what's happening? Anyway, the Cinema World Record, five minutes and something seconds. And that's as long as this episode has been recording for. So, like, that's a long kiss. They have their little cheese and usually wine, but they have cocktails this time, which look like mango slushies with um cherries in them. Cherries, for those of you who could understand me. And it's really cute. I really like them together. I really like Jamie Lee. I obviously love Brooke. Yeah, I don't mind Brooke. And they finally get their certificate confirming that they are the world record holders. It's really cute. I'm into it. Jamie Lee says she's wanting someone to commit to her and has always had feelings for Brooke. And Brooke is all giddy. I love this pairing. I think they have great chemistry. Next is the group date. So everyone's invited and they're at a little garden party with Jenga and a ring toss. And it's just, it seems really wholesome, which means... Trouble is a brewing, as we as we know. So Brooke says she's feeling on edge about today's group date, and she said she's unsure about you know people's intentions after Carissa leaving the night before, which is totally understandable. Although I do feel like this was planned um, maybe two months before they started filming. But moving on, great excuse. Producers weave that shit in, weave it in, trick us. So Brooke is bringing in a lot, the human lie detector who did her season, but via Zoom. So I'm not sure how good his powers are. I assume. Now, hopefully they have a strong Wi-Fi in the mansion because if, if there's a glitch, he's going to say, oh, you hesitated. And someone's going to go, no, it's just Zoom does. So human lie detector, honestly, stressful times. His name is Steve. And he said he's looking for micro expressions. And like I said, I wrote down, he's looking at micro expressions and shit. And wow, love him, X. So like he's an icon. He is the moment. He asks Conrad if Brooke can trust him. And he says Oh my God, Conrad. Conrad says when he's with someone, all he thinks about is that person. And it's like, Conrad, if you've been dumped, this is a PSA. Come on my podcast. We can kiss if you want. You can think about me all the time if you want to. Like anxious attached king and queen. That could be us. That could be us, Conrad. Anyway, he asks people different questions that are quite boring, quite frankly. And then he asks Kurt, If there's anyone in the group that may not have genuine feelings or intentions, the million dollar question, the million rose question. (sighs) Icon vibes from Stephen, our drama king, creating drama, being a producer, auditioning for EP of any show, really. So, Kurt says there's a guy in here who hasn't had any time with Brooke and is now quote unquote deviating away, deviated septum energy, but he is deviated 
Ryan. It's Ryan. He accuses Ryan. So he says Ryan is spending a lot of time with Jamie Lee and that there are questions being raised. Now, I wonder what there, where is the evidence? There are hugs, apparently. And there apparently rumors saying that they're a thing. I don't get why the hugs are an issue. I'm pretty sure I've seen them all like hug each other. They are becoming mates at this point. I mean, I know, but then again, it is hard. Everyone's on edge. You know, Brooke's been through a lot already. So he also says that Jamie Lee is probably oblivious to this. Oh, sorry. The whole point of this is that Ryan is feeling Jamie Lee. Lol. Sorry. Missed that entire segment because I'm just too excited about Steve the lie detector. He has done time with Brooke and it's kind of like, I understand like why he would deviate. Brooke obviously doesn't like him at this late stage, but also, you know, he for the wrong reasons vibes. And I'm now worried about our girl, Jamie Lee. She's just come off the Stephen Sky Needle, you know, after such a high of a high, having this low would be really as Kurt would say, gut-wrenching. So Kurt comes back and Detective Jamie Lee is like, you seem suspicious. And Kurt is like, no, I don't. And she was like, yeah, you do. And he was, she's like, what did you say when Steve asked about everyone else? And he goes, yeah, I said that I think Ryan is into you. And Jamie Lee is like, for fuck's sake, mate. Like, f-, she doesn't do this, but like, all right, fuck off, Kurt. Like, I do love you, Dust, but like, get a grip. It's like a spanner in the works that isn't needed. Like they have the longest on-screen kiss. And now if now if Jamie Lee doesn't end up with Brooke, oh, she's going to do it again next season. And it's like, just have, I think if it's a winner, he won't break it. So like, for fuck's sake, Ryan and Kurt. Now it's Ryan's turn to go in to see Steve. And Steve asks him how he gets along with the group. And he says, Kurt and him have had great chats. Kurt betrayed his brother. Now that is gut-wrenching. He said that he would confide in Kurt if anyone, which is interesting because that would make Steve then think, hmm, red alert, red alert, red a Kurt, because Kurt is involved. It's just tragic because he's just doing something a deep hole here. Steve asks, what's the deal with this, babe? Like, why are you being brought up, babe? And he asks about Jamie Lee and Ryan's like, we're a lot alike. We're really good friends, blah, 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 blah. And he seems a bit like uncomfortable with that question. And Steve is like, I noticed you shifted in your chair. And I do think, would I have noticed this if Steve wasn't there to help me out? And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. If my dating history is anything to go by on how good I am at judging character, I trust everyone a bit too much. So I asked Ryan, what's happening? What are the rumours? Do you think they're substantiated? Could something have been twisted? Who knows? I asked him a bit about this. I was definitely misinterpreted. I we had uh, just a platonic friendship in there. We'll probably I was probably closer with her than other girls. But you're in this situation you've never been in. You're bonding with people that are in the going through the same experience that you are. So you're going to get close with certain people, and I think that's just human nature. You get on with people better than other people, and I'm not too sure what was going on with Kurt. Maybe he was just he's quite an oblivious guy. He didn't even know that Brooke wanted to kiss him on the, the night before. So. I think he just misreads some situations, but he's just honest with what he's feeling at the time. So, uh, yeah, I was definitely aware of it, um, and I, I had talked to the boys and told them like, "There's nothing there, nothing's going on." So, I think we should just cut this one out. But then Kurt obviously brought that up in in the lie detector, and I feel like maybe he was just in a high high tense situation. Um, he was put on the spot, and uh, and he just came out with it. So after all this, Brooke gets the debrief and Steve says there are genuine people like Conrad of fucking course, our king. 
and also Millie and Jamie Lee and Holly. And I think this is David. I'm not sure. I was eating an acai bowl at the time. So I'm not 100% sure. So he then says, Steve then says, he has uncovered that someone has quote unquote, and I swear to God, he said twice, bring up doubts. And I thought, Steve, I've really believed in you until this moment. Someone has brought up doubts. And I hate to be that person, but bring, bring. Anyway, I may be wrong from wrong. I apologize, Steve, but I swear to God, I heard it twice. Again, I was eating the acai bowl, so I didn't have time to do a direct quote. Anyway, we do love Steve, so we're back to supporting him. And he says that Ryan likes Jamie Lee and they're having a lot of quote-unquote long extended cuddles. Is that penetration? Unsure. And Brooke is like, look, I don't give a shit about Ryan. Like, we obviously aren't. She says, obviously, we're not going to drive off into the sunset together. But, like, Jamie Lee, like, why is she involved? Why is she even entertaining this? Like, what's the deal? I don't trust. Like, And also because Brooke's been fucked over on both of her experiences in the bachelor world she is so hyper vigilant and she also knows these things can happen and probably will happen she is just on the lookout which we love Brooke for icon so then steve says jamie lee has been friendly and maybe ryan has misinterpreted it because jamie lee is completely innocent in all this but ryan misinterpreted it now it's time for the cocktail party so during the cocktail party Brooke is like what the fuck this is so shit in this environment da, 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 da. and then jamie lee is like let's go for a chat Jamie Lee is like, yes, nothing. We are just friends. And Brooke's like, why didn't you tell me about this? Why am I finding out via this group date? Like, what the fuck? Understandable. But Jamie Lee, understandably, says, yeah, dude, like, there's nothing to tell you. We're just friends. And that's fair. Like, Jamie Lee is so oblivious. And by every account, Jamie Lee has no idea. And it's so unfair. I really wish she hadn't been named because it's like, I don't know. It's like, if it was just like he's been flirting with some girls, that could be a thing. But like naming Jamie Lee implies that she's reciprocating, which I don't think she is. She's the last person on this show to be there for quote unquote the wrong reasons. She's there for Brooke. She knows Brooke. She's known Brooke for three years. Why would she come on this show and they're friends and fuck her over? If I was on the show and I was trying to date Brooke, we're friends, I would never ever fuck her over. It'd be the last person to do that. But Brooke is so hypervigilant and understandably. Jamie Lee's crying. She's so upset. Brooke's upset. It's just fucked. And she's like, look, Brooke says she believes me, but I don't know. I don't think it's convincing. I think Brooke's still like really, um, she's dipping her toes in a bit. She's got her walls up a little bit, Jamie Lee now. But Jamie Lee also makes a good point. She says, why does someone question my friendship with Holly? I hug Holly. I hang out with Holly Lop. We're both gay. Like, what the fuck? Which is so true. Heteronormative assumptions. You know, honestly, if anyone's going to be doing it, it's going to be the girls because they get living together in a mansion. Like, you're going to have more time together off camera. I think I'm not even sure if they have time with the men off camera unless it's for, at lunch. The women are becoming best friends, like, you know, tightly knit. Anyway, it's a rose ceremony and Ryan and someone else goes home. But I spoke to Ryan and I want to know, did you regret anything in the mansion? Um, no, I didn't regret anything that I, went, I did in there. Like, I, I was there for Brooke. I talked to her a lot at every cocktail party and on group dates. Um, which unfortunately you didn't get to see. Well, thanks for this week, guys. Love you all. Next week should be saucy. It's getting better. We're gaining momentum. I love it. It's hot. It's naughty. I love Brooke and I love you all. Talk to you next week.